Welcome to the Unfading Truth Bible Reading Plan. Today we're reading Hebrews chapter 7, verses 22 through 28. Is the Roman Catholic Eucharist really a condemnable idolatry? Hebrews chapter 7, let's begin reading here at verse 22. Because of this oath, and that oath was mentioned earlier, that Christ would be a priest forever. Uh, It's also mentioned in Psalm 110. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, and set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men and all their weaknesses. But the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. Well, we're moving on to the second half of question and answer 80 today, probably the most controversial question and answer in the Heidelberg Catechism, been talking about how the Lord's Supper is different from the Roman Catholic Mass. Uh, Yesterday, we looked at what the Lord's Supper is all about, how it declares to us that our sins have been forgiven and that we've been grafted into Christ. Today, we're going to focus on what the Mass teaches. Here's what the Catholic Mass teaches. It teaches that the living and the dead do not have their sins forgiven through the suffering of Christ unless Christ is still offered for them daily by the priests. The Mass also teaches that Christ is bodily present in the form of bread and wine, where Christ is therefore to be worshipped. And so because of these things, the Mass is basically nothing but a denial of the one sacrifice and suffering of Jesus Christ. And so therefore it's a condemnable idolatry. Many of us know what it feels like to be in what seems like a never-ending rut, whether it's milking cows every day or sitting in a nursing home day and night, or dealing with the same problems time and time again at the office. Such was the tedious nature of the temple worship in Jerusalem. Priests would offer sacrifices day after day, first for their own sins and then for the sins of the people. Imagine being one of those priests, First making a bloody mess, and then cleaning it up, day after day, all while knowing that you could never kill enough animals to fully atone for your own sin, much less those crushed by their own guilt who delivered animals to you daily. That's why the writer of Hebrews keeps coming back to the theme articulated in verse 25, that Jesus Christ is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Christ sacrificed himself once for all. Unlike the blood of bulls and goats, which was inadequate to save anybody, 
while Christ's sacrifice was fully sufficient to fully pay for the sins of those that God had entrusted to him. Let's dig a little bit deeper. For all the differences between the Roman Catholic Church and the Reformed churches, or Protestant churches in general, no difference is greater than how the Lord's Supper is understood. The Heidelberg Catechism is often praised for its peaceful, pastoral approach to systematic theology. Remember, after all, that its theme is explaining what our only comfort in life and death is. But yet this ironic document describes the Eucharist as a condemnable idolatry. Those are harsh words. Many modern Roman Catholic theologians would say that it's too harsh and that the Heidelberg doesn't fairly explain how the Eucharist is currently understood by the Roman Catholic Church. And they'll cite several references from their own catechism, which do present a very sound view of how Christ's once-for-all sacrifice on the cross is celebrated in the Eucharist. So praise God that the Roman Catholic Church has come to understand salvation more clearly in the centuries since the Heidelberg Catechism was first written. Yet the unfortunate truth remains that Rome has chained herself to the continual participation of the Eucharist as a necessary means of salvation. Here's what their catechism says. It says that the Eucharist is the efficacious sign and sublime cause of that communion in the divine life and that unity of the people of God by which the church is kept in being. This makes your continuing salvation dependent upon your actions. If you separate yourself from the sacrament, well, then you're separating yourself from God's grace. And that somehow Christ, who we just read there in verse 25, Christ who always lives to intercede for you is apparently unable to do so unless you continually take action to bind yourself to him. This is a grave misrepresentation of the gospel. And when we couple that with the teaching that we've looked at earlier, uh, that the Catholic Church teaches that the bread and wine transubstantiate into the real body and blood of Jesus, which must therefore be worshipped, well, it is therefore, as the Heidelberg Catechism describes it, a condemnable idolatry. Many of you used to be, and maybe still are, members of the Roman Catholic Church. So these words are likely upsetting to hear. If you're struggling with this difficult concept, please don't struggle alone. Know that your elders and pastors have no desire to condemn you. Rather, to walk alongside you to help you better understand your only comfort in life and in death. As you pray today, use a triple A prayer pattern. Begin your prayer by just acknowledging who God is. Today, open your prayer to God, our Father, who accepts all those who come to him through Christ by faith. Then align your life with God's will by thanking God that Christ has saved you completely and that you'll be reminded of this salvation as you come to his table. Then you can ask God for what you need. Remember, everything else that you hear today will fade away, but the word of the Lord is unfading truth. 